crap day. Live. I hear you. We're live, live now. Live. Live. Uh, you you're jittery again. What the hell, man? I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Man. All I know is that Did, nothing likes you right now. You sure it's me and not you? Well, now you're moving again, and now I'm hearing you again, but now it's not synced. Uh, I, I don't know anymore. Well, well, we'll just roll with it because it is what it is, and there's lots to go over and lots to talk about, you know. Uh, hey, who's watching this? Is that Mark watching us right now? It's got to be Mark watching us right now. Am I moving and is Nick frozen? Tell I'm, us in, I'm in the chat. I'm moving right now. Well, yeah, but, well, uh, not according move. to what I'm seeing. You look frozen. Okay. I'm moving. He, yeah, I'm seeing what he's seeing. He meaning me, I guess? It's your left or my left? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, left. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe if we get that. Hang on one second. Dump, dump me out of this. Dump me out of here. Get out of this. All right, I'm going to dump him out. Boom. He's gone. I am Nicholas. This show is a Nicholas wonder. Wow. It's amazing. Anyway, how's everybody doing? It's been a real crappy week for me. So we'll talk about that during the show. But I hope you all came prepared. Uh, those of you that are watching live, those of you that are listening via, you know, uh, on our on the podcast version of this well you ain't gonna have squat so but i uh, hope you have some songs that end albums well so that you can add them to our playlist is nick back is this better yeah you're moving a bit more right now you're good i see you moving your head the beard looks lush i ch i um, changed the wi-fi network see if that one's any better i went on the one i was normally on before i don't know what the what the deal is well it's because Jeff said you're dickless. Yeah, that's must be what it is. Yeah, it's really what it is. Uh, but it's working. It's working. Okay. I can hear you. I can see you. You are you are moving, which is good. We have three people. So that means we go to the intro. I like the Paul Stanley with it with his uh, butt to the audience. Well, it's it's called the show is called and in the end. So there were several ends. There was ends. Paul Stanley's. There was David Lee Roth's. There was Taylor Momsen's. There was some random pooper uh, that looked great in a pair of jeans. And then there was Jeff Henderson. So there was uh, tons of ends uh, in 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 the intro. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it was the uh, definition of the end. Yes, it was indeed. Speaking of the end, let's get right into this, man. Mofi. Okay, yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> let's this, talk this, about this. 
this has caused quite a stir. I mean, as it should. Yeah. But let me let me preface this before we even get into this discussion with saying that I still stand by the fact that I think nobody does better reissues than MoFi. Their transparency may be sucked. Yeah, okay, their transparency sucked. But that doesn't make the that doesn't make their end product bad, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of snobby people that want no digital step in their reissues. But right, stop right there. Stop right there. We have to explain what this is because there's people I guarantee that have no idea what we're talking about right now. So there's a company, MoFi for sure, but it's Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs. And for years, they've been making these albums that say original master recording at the top, putting it out mainly on LP. But there have been some CDs they've reissued on 24 karat gold. And that supposedly sounded better. I've got one sitting next to me right now. There you go. So actually grab it. And that way you can show it. Or is it part of the show? (laughs) Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Hanging on. So um, this company, what they do is they take albums from, you know, years past. And what they do is, see, there you go, original master recordings. So they started with LP, then they branched into CD, and now I think they do LP exclusively. No, no, they, they do still CDs do. Too. This is yeah, fairly new. So. Yeah. So uh, supposedly what they do is they get the original master tapes and they cut plates from those original master tapes Mm-hmm. And then it goes through the transition process to an LP. And it, they, they have a couple of different processes there. You know, there is the ultra disc one step. There's a couple of others that they do. Um, they're the, like, I put it this way. There's a three-step process where the, you get the source material. Then it goes to uh, a lacquer plate. Then there's a couple of other, like, copies of it made down the road. And then eventually it gets put on a stamper, which then stamps the vinyl. Yes. Oh, my God. My se- Shut up. Alexa, shut up. I'm not talking to you. Jesus. I get I get one one like little echo dot and like, you know, I get turned the light on behind me like hooray. And, and also like she just wants to like get all up in my shit. So anyway, so who doesn't? Right. Oh, I got stories about this. So anyway. Uh, so you go through that process, eventually it gets to vinyl. There's three steps. There's a lacquer, what they call a lacquer, a father, a mother, a stamper, and then vinyl. The one-step process goes from the original master tapes to lacquer to a convert to vinyl. Okay? Yes. What MoFi has been telling everybody, or has rather not been telling everyone, uh, is that there's another step in the process, which we'll get to in a second. So audiophiles all over the world are like, this is the best way to listen. It sounds so good because you went from the masters directly to the vinyl. And it's so it's amazing. There's no digital in between. And that was the big, the big, the big lie of omission. The big gloating thing of MoFi fans, including myself. Yes. But now we find out it's a lie of omission. Hang on, though. This isn't all of their releases no but it seems to be a lot more than anybody was ever privy to you're you're correct you're correct on that but it's not all of them so how you explained it is how people thought they were they were producing these EPs. there is titles that were produced this way years and years ago yes. years and years ago but in the modern more modern age what they've done now is yes they get the original master tapes which they then digitize, okay? They then digitize it, 
Then they go to the rest of the one-step process. Yep. All right. But they never expressly mentioned this. They did not mention it, but they definitely didn't mention it. Yeah. They didn't say they, <laughs> that it's not happening, but they didn't say it was happening. Yes. What they said is this one-step process comes from the master tapes, which it does. And they did it just like this, too. They did it, and they said it with that voice, too. It comes from the master tapes. Uh, <laughs> yes, and they juggled their hands like this. So, Because uh, you got to remember, you've got people listening audio only. So if I go like this, it's juggling my hands. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they've been basically... Well, put it this way. The audio file community is going nuts. And yeah, people are not camps. happy. There's two different camps. The ones that saying, wow, I can't believe they lied to us all this time. And the other camp going, ha ha, you thought you could tell the difference and you can't. Yes. And that's what's messed up. Because in my mind, the way I look at it, I'm not necessarily a purist, right? When it comes to stuff like that, I just want it to sound better. Do mobile fidelity lack uh, LP pressings sound better? Without a doubt. Then who cares? Exactly. You know, but, but mobile fidelity should not have left that part out. Yes, I no, I agree. But here's the other thing that, that I think some people aren't thinking about. And Mike, from being in the industry, you understand this probably more than most folks do. But when you're talking about a record, like let's say I was just holding up the super audio CD of Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. Mm -hmm. These are master tapes that were used in 1975 in that case. Some of their releases even older than that. And when these tapes have been used multiple times throughout the years, they become, they start, they start degrading or they have the ability to degrade if they're not. Yes, they they're not transferred properly. If they're not so transferred I, properly, if they're if they're not in like an oxygen free environment and vaults and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, so I think, in in a sense, we should be grateful that MoFi is taking these tapes and digitizing them because we have a pure form of that saved. A lot of people don't know about the Universal Music Warehouse fire about ten years ago that burned up a lot of legendary master yep, tapes. I mean, we're talking yep. Muddy Waters, Steely oh, yeah. Dan, even all the way up to people like Brian Adams and th and things like that. They wow. those master tapes are gone. They're gone. So yeah. thank God there's a company that's that yes, they're digitizing it, but they're digitizing it properly with the right care, with the right equipment, so that 50 years from now we can still get basically a version of Blood on the Tracks yep. from the original master tape. Yes. So I think they should be celebrated and praised for that. But you're absolutely right. Should they say there's a digital step? Of course. And like I said, yeah. they never said there wasn't, but they certainly didn't say that there was. They so. alluded to the fact that there probably isn't because they're the way that they phrase things. And it's creative marketing. I totally get it. But it was so creative that nobody knew it. Yep. So yep. when it's that good, there's a problem because now you're definitively circumventing or actually uh, being deceitful. Uh, yes. let's, let's just say that. So would I still buy mobile fidelity pressings? Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't care as much as some other people. Um, there are some out there that are just like, Meh. and look, hopefully this drops the price. Uh, it won't. <laughs> yeah, no, it won't. <laughs> um, but uh, 
well, Jeff right here says, you know, don't you lose quality digitizing it from two inch tape? Um, supposedly not, because you're getting an actual digital reproduction of what's actually on the tape. Nothing's you can't degrade a digital file. You know, it's actually that's why things are made digital so that they can be kept forever. It's ones and zeros. It's reading exactly what's being recorded. But but here's the big but it's also subject to the equipment you're using to digitize it in the first place. Right. So people like people like uh, Kevin Gray, Bernie Grudman, uh, Krieg, whatever his name is that does MoFi, those guys all have incredible chains. So that I think you are getting a, a completely pure form of of the of the yeah. tape. Uh, Jeff has a good question. Isn't it compressed? The the answer is again, it depends on the equipment they're using. It's supposed to be pure, and then you're supposed to be able to, you know, if it it depends on what they're using too. Yeah. Are they are they digitizing the the mastered end result? Yes, I I believe they are. They're not. So, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. They're digitizing the the multi tracks. Yeah. I think they're digitizing the the end tape. So the end tape has already been compressed. Yes. Because it's mastered. It's done. You know whether there's mastering done during the, the the mixing process or during the mastering process. It yeah, there's compression on that. Is it further compressed? I I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. Judging think by the just a pure digital file. Judging by the sonic range of some of those um, those MoFi titles, I don't think it can. I don't think it is compressed. If it is, it it's is it's very minimally. Because um, another thing I want to touch on, Mike, this this um, thought process has been there for, in some of the snobby audiophile people for a long time. That how yeah. could MoFi be doing this? And a big, uh, at least from what I can remember in my memory, when this really started to ramp up before it before this happened, was when the One Step series started. When they did Donald Fagan's The Nightfly, which was recorded in 1982, one of my favorite albums of all time, um, that album was one of the first albums that was recorded completely digitally. So people were making the argument then, well, this can't be an analog pressed album because it was never recorded to analog tape and then and then i think donald fagan or somebody said well yes we recorded it digitally but we made master tapes of the mastered product like we're talking about yeah but the the bells started going off to people of going well how could they be making a one-step analog pressed album with a digital album yeah so it's 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 kind of been thought in the last few years that this was kind of going on. But again, like you said, the, tr the transparency was not there. The transparency was not there. And, and the one guy that's, you know, the amateur journalist slash, you know, like a record store owner that uncovered this and exposed it all. He's like, they invited me up. They told me all this. So basically MoFi hung themselves. Yeah. Like the MoFi marketing department hung themselves. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Mark mentioned something about here. Uh, terabyte technology is no need to compress the main master, but they've been doing this for a while now. So I, I, you know, I agree with you. Space is not necessarily an issue. And to Jeff's point, though, he says you'll have to lose quality by transferring sound. Yes and no. Yes and no. It depends on which way you're transferring it. But the amount that you might lose would be so infinitesimal. And then once it's digital, it doesn't degrade. Mm hmm. 
Unless you put a magnet over it. Right. In which case you're going to erase the whole damn thing. Well, and I you know, know and and I know when the, you know, the the legendary Beatles mono box that came out in 2014, you know, the big thing of that was it was presented as it was completely all analog. Those yeah. were tape to lathe basically. Yeah, that's it. Um and and that's why those those releases were celebrated. But at the time, I forget who cut those masters, but they were saying, you know, we're making digital masters of these tapes because they can't take another run through a mastering chain, you know, through through a yeah. lathe chain. They just they're can't. like fifty plus years exactly. Old. The master tapes for Please Please Me are recorded in like yeah. late sixty two. So I mean, you're yep. talking sixty years at this point that those master tapes, and you know, those tapes weren't made that well. They people weren't thinking they were going to need them sixty no. years from now to make no, new not. new releases. So yeah, I think people, it's like you're right. The transparency needs to be there, but ultimately, I think ah. MoFi still makes amazing releases. They still have the best reissues on the market along with analog productions and, yes. and those other guys that are doing this similar thing. Um, but I think they should be praised for what they're doing because, again, like I said, they, they do these legendary titles that if they weren't doing what they're doing, who's to say that those those releases wouldn't wouldn't uh, be able to come out ever again? You know, I, yeah. it's I, th I look at what's happening. Uh, Dio Holy Diver just came out a couple weeks ago, and it's a remix. And the reason it's a remix is because the original master tape burned up in that Universal fire, which they're not telling you. You know, so they have to remix now from the multi tracks and go. Oh, here's a new version of Holy Diver. No one wants a new version of Holy Diver. <laughs> you know, they want they want fucking Holy Diver. So I, I think what they're doing is 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 good in the long run but yeah they're they're kind of fucking with people so yeah i mean look i the, again i agree with you like it's a good thing to preserve those recordings for nine million reasons you know but be clear about it mm -hmm. you know that's because people are not paying twenty five dollars they're paying a hundred and twenty five dollars for these yeah. albums for the one and steps for the one steps yeah. you know even if not they're still paying a premium yeah they are know? absolutely so don't don't shroud the fact that you're having a digital link in this analog chain you know be, i understand it's what they established themselves on was being this whole like analog 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 thing you know but if you're not doing it fess up i understand why they wouldn't because they felt this would kill their business and they would be liars well guess what Probably now it's worse. Their, now it's worse because now you hit it. Is it going to kill their business? Probably not. No. But are they liars? Yeah. And everybody's going to look at them with a skeptical eye. You know. But for but me, they, they oh, put out a. No, I was just going to say they put out a statement that said that from now you know releases moving forward on the back are going to show yeah. what is the source for this material. Yeah. Is it from Which the they master should. tape? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I think you know as well as I do, guitar market record market the, the you know car market there's a lot of snobby motherfuckers out there Absolutely. And, and they you know i it still doesn't justify why they didn't say what they said but uh, i don't know it, it's such a catch-22 it's like I, I don't want them to be deterred from putting these releases out because some guy in his basement with a thirty thousand dollar tone arm doesn't want any digital in his fucking records i mean it's just <laughs> ridiculous you know <laughs> I have a $30,000 tone arm. Good My for you. Is, you know, Kiss has tone arms that are made from the skin of my 
my past sexual conquests. Forty nine ninety nine kiss dot com. As in four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Well, of course, because we are a high fidelity band. Yeah, right. Yeah, when they did all their reissues, just so uh, the record shows, uh, those were all digital. <laughs> yes, there. You and go. they still sounded great. So again, not a problem. I don't really. Ke- I but mean, still, I care. It was still played by Kiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I care. It's like I want. I want people to be transparent about the product yeah, they're putting out. Exactly. But you know, like the Pink Floyd reissues th- that came out over the last few years, digital. The Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin reissues that came yeah, out, digital. digital. Yeah. I mean, and they sound great. I, you know, I in a lot of cases, you know, these reissues sound crisper. They sound clearer than than the originals did, but. You should be saying they're digital. So yeah, you, you have to be saying that. It. You could say digitally mastered for vinyl. Yep, because they do sound better than the original vinyl. Yep. You know, um, that that does play a big part. You know, um, but I think that some people are taking that as well. This is the same thing as a bootleg record that was made. You know, using a CD no. to make the LP. And some people are looking at, well, that's digital. You just may as well just do that. Why am I yeah, paying right. 125 bucks? So, well, because you don't have Bernie Grudman's LP chain. Exactly. So there, <laughs> there's that. And you know, for me though, I do laugh. I do at laugh at those people with the thirty thousand dollar tone on that are just like, oh, I can totally hear the difference. Yeah, I totally hear the difference. And you don't. <laughs> right. You just, you just don't. You know, um, so because you honestly, uh, let's be uh, let's be fair. You don't hear the difference because you were fooled. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So, but I anyway. will say that again, that's the sonic range on those records and the way that they press them and master them is not like a commercial release. So it's it like that. Uh, I think we talked about uh, Mark just brought it up in the comments that that Alan Parsons eye in the sky, you know, it's yeah. like. That record, get a, get a regular copy of Eye in the Sky, get an old one, and get a fresh reissue, and get the MoFi, and the MoFi will destroy both of the, the other versions for whatever reason. I'm not saying because I thought it was analog. I'm saying that because whatever they're doing to the tape or in, the, in that digital process or when they're cutting it to the record, they're doing a great fucking job. Yeah, so... Well, we're going to leave on that note there. Um, I'll leave this topic on that note. We're not yes. going anywhere. we got some other things to talk about here. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about that at the beginning of the show because last week we didn't, and we had a lot to go through then. But now it's, you know, after you know letting it marinate in the sauce for a week, I was able to kind of like form a better opinion. I think you did too. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, so thanks for indulging us on that. And just, you know, we wanted to bring that information to you. If you didn't know, if you're a collector, if you're looking for those MoFi records don't stop looking for them okay they still sound better just yep. know what you're getting yourself into and and don't be the analog snob just enjoy the damn record you know especially um, if you have a crosley you definitely shouldn't be an yeah. analog snob well first of all if you have a crosley you shouldn't be buying mofi <laughs> <laughs> it won't sound any different okay no. Let's, i don't you know, hear it I don't, I don't, I don't get it. My closing play is not really bringing out the best in this, in this vinyl. So yeah, let's, let's not do that. How about that? Uh, great. So moving on to other things, what are you listening to, man? I have been going through a phase with that first skid row record. I don't know. I don't know what got me on that, but 
And sidebar, let me just say, both of those new Skid Row songs with their new singer are very good and very strong. And I haven't I'm, heard the second one. The first one I heard. Yeah. And what do you think? And of I it? like it. Yeah. I like it's, it. It's Does really it sound good. dated? Does it sound dated? I yes. didn't think so. I oh, didn't it think sounds so. completely dated. Well, I think it sounds like classic Skid Row. But exactly. Then, but here's the thing. If it didn't, then people would be bitching that it doesn't sound like Skid Row. My KTEL record player <laughs> kicks ass. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, what was the first... We're, uh, we're all... Um, gang's the, all the here. gang's all here. Yeah. The dude has an incredible voice. He's like some from Sweden or Norway or something. Yeah, like sweet. Amazing voice. And the song is dated. But that's okay because it sounds like a classic Skid Row song, which yeah. is what it should sound like. Too many bands try to change too much, you know, and I, I think Kerry King, he wrote the lyrics to it, to his song called, uh, uh, what was it? Um, oh my God. I forget. It's on God hates us all, but the lyrics are fuck you in your progress. Watch me while I regress. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's basically about that. It's like, why do you need to write anything new? We do this really well. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, he also wrote in that song, I'm going to tear your fucking eyes out, rip your fucking flesh off. Isn't that in Payback? Yeah, Payback. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you. So I couldn't remember. Yeah, I've always loved that line. Like, Fuck your fucking progress. Watch me fucking regress. Yeah. So <laughs> that's basically what Skid Row is doing. And they're yeah. regressing. You know, because what happens is you find a lot of those those quote unquote hair bands and they were all in like E minor, right? And now they're still together, but now they're in C sharp to A sound heavier and B because the singer can't it doesn't have vocal range anymore. Yep. And the songs just sound like old guys trying to be heavy. <laughs> you yes. know? Meanwhile, Skid Row I think has done it right. And they sound fresh. The dude sounds like he's going to pull off all the Sebastian Bach stuff really easy. And it's going to be fun. I, I, yeah. I actually will go see them live if I can. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know what got me going on the first record, but I've listened to it like four or five times this week. So it's a great record. It is. It's fantastic. And then the other thing I've been, I've been spinning that I wanted to show on here. I, I mentioned this last week. But uh, and this is going to reflect a little bit just because of the jacket here. But Vinyl Me Please has done a fantastic job on this Thin Lizzy Jailbreak reissue. Um, it's yeah, you on, brought this up last week. Yeah. Yes, silver vinyl or uh, silver like uh, reflective foil. jacket yeah. foil die cut on the cover on the uh, where the TV is coming oh, through. Oh, cool. Gatefold. Wow. All in uh, silver foil. The um the drawing you get with it, the sketch of the album cover. And uh it's on I think it's on orange vinyl. But uh Dude, that's cool. Yeah, look at that. That's awesome. And it the the uh the record was cut from the master tapes by Kevin Gray. So I promise you this is the best this record will ever sound. But uh, was there a digital component to this? They, they didn't say, but I'm going to assume that there is. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and assume. But, um, you know, Vinyl Me Please, if you're not familiar, they're, they're a monthly club. They have three different um, choices you can make. They've got a hip-hop. They've got an essentials. That's what this came out in. And then I believe like a, uh, a soul uh, club as well. And uh, you get a record once a month. Uh, I was part of it for a little bit. You know, sometimes... 
I don't think you know the titles don't always interest me and I do think they charge a lot for the product but this time they knocked it out of the park and unfortunately what I didn't bring down but they give you with this release is there's a sticker that says Dino's Bar and Grill ah very yeah. very, very cool so um we are going to have this in the store too so nice. for for those that are Rock City customers Oh wait what store is it Rock City Music Company Where can we find you RockCityMusicCo.com. And where are you located? Livonia, Michigan. What's your name? Nick Morocco. There you go. I had to think about that one. It threw me off. <laughs> you but know I everything can't, else except your own name. <laughs> but I, I can't say enough about that reissue. Um, you know, like I said, it is pricey. But again, once it once it goes out of print, it'll be triple yeah, the it'll, money. It'll jump. It'll they, jump. They really did an outstanding job on that packaging, sound quality-wise. It looks wise. great. Yeah. Really stepped great. up. Uh, can you send me one? Yes. Thank you. Uh, what am I listening to, though? Yes. That's, what are why, you listening to? Why do to? I look like 80 times more bald than I actually am? <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, I All right. So this is kind of funny. I was on Facebook the other day, and I have a, a friend, Jim, and uh, Jim Baki. And Jim, um, in the 80s in Long Island, he was in a band called Hitman, which was a heavy metal band, one of the bigger heavy metal bands come out of Long Island. And then he was... Um, Subsequently, in a band that got signed to Puff Daddy's label called Fuzzbubble, and they were the only rock band on Fuzz uh, on Puff Daddy's label, and of course, that being the case, they didn't know what to do with Fuzzbubble. But Fuzzbubble was able to play with Jimmy Page on stage at Giant Stadium and do the that P Diddy, you know, uh, what is it? Cashmere, the Cashmere, yeah. the, the Godzilla the song. Off. Yeah, exactly. So they if actually, Gall McCartney's watching, he'll be able to tell you the name of that yeah. song. It's like Go with Me or something like that. Yeah, come uh, with me. Come That's with, it. Come, with come me. and go with me. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Dom, Dom, baby, come and go with me. That was it, right? No. Um, that so was anyway, not it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they, they were actually the backing band on that on that song, along with Tom Morello and Jimmy Page. Oh, Tom Morello was on that, too? Yeah, I that explain so. That explains everything. Of course, he was there to add some something to ruin it. He's the only guy that can ruin Led Zeppelin other than Phil oh, Collins. Oh, my God. So anyway, you do realize that the song at the end of The Matrix that sounds just like Cashmere is a Raging It's the Machine song, right? Um, I've never seen The Matrix. Whoa. Wait a How's minute. that for Matrix? Wow. All right, dude. When, you, when we're done, go on HBO Max. I think it's on there. Or Netflix. Or I'll just fucking buy you a copy. And just, you have to watch The Matrix, dude. All right. I mean, from a, from a pop culture perspective, never mind the fact that the platinum album is sitting right there on my wall. You know, from a music perspective, it's amazing. So, you know, I got two songs placed on that. Oh, um, good for you. That's yeah, right. You got a platinum album. I did. Nick is so wrong on every topic tonight, right? I mean, you need to see The Matrix. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so Jim um, is also very big in the tiki world right and uh this weekend here in san diego literally down the block from where i live there was tiki oasis which is a big tiki themed convention and he was going to be there and and he had a booth set up and because he 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 makes all these really cool like tiki uh tiki mugs and what have you whatever you call them the cocktail mugs i didn't realize this was like such a big thing like people paying three hundred dollars for a mug oh yeah it's nuts well anyway he has a band called the tikiyaki orchestra 
And I've been listening to that ever since because it's really co- like it's done so well. He actually has like marimba and vibraphone players. Like, you know, he, he writes and records everything. He has a whole band. He's got two different ones. He's got Tikiaki Orchestra and Tikiaki uh, 5.0, which is a smaller version uh, that uh, I guess travels easier. And they're actually playing here this weekend. I may Great actually name. go check them out. Yeah. So I may actually go check that out this weekend. It's either that or go watch a Chargers preseason game. Um, I don't know. And then go see Yachtly Crew thereafter. Yachtly Crew and the Tiki Band are on the same bill? No, no. Yachtly Crew is playing at the... Look, a yacht a yacht rock cover band, tribute band. Let's not call them a cover band, a tribute band. Uh, and if you ask the drummer, they're even more than that. They're playing at the Whiskey. Oh, okay. <laughs> at the Whiskey right. at Go-Go. So it's kind of crazy. Um, oh, and Mark says, wait, what? We need to find out more about the secret life of Mike Venezia. That's oh, a clue you have you a platinum record. You have, Mark, no, you have idea no idea the idea. things Mark, that Mike's done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wait, let's, let's give Mark a, a little sneak, a little sneaky peek here. So if those of you that are w- listening to this, you, you can't see this, but there's several golden platinum records on my wall. Cause at one point I was somebody, um, and now I'm just me. <laughs> there you go. That's so, a good way to put it. Yeah. So I'll just let those hang out there. Of course, that means that my cam is going to fall and whatever. In three, two, two one. One. No, it's not. It's it not didn't quite fall. there yet. And I don't remember saying cock, did I? I don't think you did. I don't know, but Jeff thinks I said cock. Anyway. He, he wants you to say it. <laughs> well, Jeff wants to do a lot of things having to do with me and cock. So, and we know this. But his wife is like, cool. So at least there's that. Um, oh, big shout out to the Houston fucking Astros for demoting his son. Fuck you, Houston Astros. Why didn't you put him in the bigs? He was doing great. Anyway, so. Uh, Sorry to hear that, Jeff. Yeah, well, he's going to go back up because I think, honestly, he was doing so well and the trade deadline was coming up. We all think that they hid him. Yeah, <laughs> by yeah. Demoting him because he was doing he went to AAA and like was more than a strikeout in inning and had like an ERA under two. So, uh, yeah. He was killing it, and so they hit him. Uh, and then they'll probably just bring him back up later this year, and then, uh, you know, maybe we can go to a game for free at some point. <laughs> I, have to buy, I have to buy him pancakes, though, so uh, long story on that. Anyway, so, yes, that's what I'm listening to is a lot of uh, tiki music, and it's been really soothing, especially since I've had a really shitty week. So if there's time later, I'll talk about it, but really we need to get to the topic of the day. Yes. Before that, though, what's coming out this Friday? Okay, so I picked three titles, like I always do, and one of these titles is really only going to be appreciated by Detroit people, but I still think it's worth mentioning. Um, WLLZ, a a, uh, classic rock station here, is putting out a uh, compilation featuring all Detroit bands, some old, some new, with tons of unreleased stuff on it from bands like Sponge, uh, seduce Toby Red, which if you're unfamiliar was Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers band before he was in the Chili Peppers. Um, seduce featured in Decline of the Western Civilization. I've talked about him a bunch on here, yeah. and of course, yep. and of course, Sponge. You know, two giant records in the '90s. So they're putting this out. Uh, it's limited to a thousand copies, and it's being released by Sound City Music Group, which is a fantastic label here in Detroit. So that's coming out. It's available only at 10 record stores in the detroit area and rock city music company is one of them so will it be online 
Uh, it will be if there's any copies left after Friday, but we're going to okay. let all the local people pick them up first. So That's fair, 100%. Uh, yes. I get if it. You're, if you're in our area, come down. We'll be happy to sell you one. And I think sure. it's on white and red uh, swirl vinyl, so it looks pretty cool. Can I, um, I don't know if you can have it, <laughs> but I'll be can happy to sell the you originals? one. Just no. send me Kiss the Originals. No. Come on! Beastie Boys, oh. check your head. 4LP 30th Anniversary Edition. This is Holy an in crap. This is an indie store exclusive release. Well, indie nice. store and uh, Beastie Boys web store. So okay. I'm not really sure if that counts as an independent store. But four uh, LP box set. Uh, it's got two bonus LPs with remixes, live tracks. And uh, I guess they released this version originally in 2009. It's like a super small run, like less than a thousand copies. And uh, they've been highly sought after since then. So it's finally coming back. Uh, I think it's going to be about 125 bucks, but it's got a hard covered book in it and such. So I know a lot of people are excited about that. People love that record. <coughs> and then die. one, and then one for you, Mike, you ready? I am fish LP three oh on my LP. God, just shut up. <laughs> uh, this is a series of releases uh, featuring legendary fish jams from special shows in oh, their career oh so twice the, the the reasons not to listen to it yes yes uh purple and blue split vinyl it's gonna sell out very quick the uh the first two volumes have i am not a fish fan people assume i am because i'm because i love the grateful dead but i am not a fish person and please understand that not all grateful dead fans like fish well it just means you're not a complete idiot just a uh pretty much an idiot <laughs> yeah i mean can we at least can you at least admit this mike that fish is worse than the grateful dead it's like you ever see that that movie multiplicity with michael keaton no like there, there was like it, like there was him and then there were several versions of him but with each one it was like a copy so like you made a copy of a copy of a copy and each one got worse and worse that's kind of like fish somebody's so many other jam bands and then fish and it's just like yeah. well you know i said that same thing to somebody else that's a friend of mine that hates the grateful dead and fish and i said to them the same thing i just asked you can you admit fish is worse than the grateful dead and he said well i would except for the grateful dead still responsible for fish this is true no they are <laughs> now i love andrew's comment here does <laughs> does the album does it smell like they're fans like <laughs> I remember one time we were on the road. Oh, the uh, so good. The Twist and Tarantulas were on the road, and we were driving up to um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we were going through. We were going through Chicago, right, right by Soldier Field, and this is right before the Dead did uh, their reunion shows in 2015. Oh crap! And they had sold three nights out, you know. And I go and I say to Pete, you know, the the band leader, I go, "Oh, there's Soldier Field. You know, the Dead are going to be playing there." Uh, you know, a month from now, they got three sold out shows going to be packed. And Pete goes, Soldier Field, legendary place for football. And it's going to be filled with a bunch of fucking people that have never even touched a football, <laughs> let alone a piece or let alone a bar of soap. Is he wrong? No, no, he's not. But here's the funny thing now about the Grateful Dead. It's a. Uh, the people that were, you know, in the that were like, you know, 19 in the late 60s, early 70s, and you know, 20 years old, whatever. Well, they finished college after they got off the road following the dead. Uh, they became executives. Now they're rich. Yes. 
and they're the ones going to these shows, paying and, thousands of dollars to see the Grateful Dead. And getting all the good seats. Exactly. Well, yeah, getting all the good seats, or, or they're pretending that they're still hippies and get miracled. Yeah, One right, of the two. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, God. Let's just all, move on. I love the dead. I know. Roger is stealing my hat. <laughs> Stop it. Mark Garney's going to love that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I brought out his bed today just to hang out just because, you know, we've had we've had a rough week and uh, I just want him just to chill and not be running around so he could just hang out next to me because he's my bro. He's my buddy and I love him to death. He's great. He is. He's awesome. People love him, um, though. Sometimes I want to kill him. But anyway, you pro so. probably I know you were running behind because you had to take Roger for a walk, but you probably didn't see Mark's comment. You know, I made the post today about what we were talking about. And Mark commented and said, everybody tune in at the beginning. Otherwise, <laughs> we got to wait five, ten minutes to see the intro. Hey, we went at like two minutes in. We had three people. We, I rolled the intro. Yeah. We have six people now. This is good. I'm all right with six, you know, six people that are that'll that'll, uh, you know, enjoy our our lovely face. Yes. Yeah. Roger, would you like to say hi? Roger? No. Yeah, put him on the mic. Like, my, what people Roger, don't realize is after after this ends, usually Mike and I talk for like fifteen minutes, and he always puts Roger on the mic. Say hello. Say hello. All right, there, you go. <laughs> there he is, snorting <laughs> and licking the microphone. Now he's just like, yay! <laughs> my it's little great. boy. I love my little man. He's my son. Don't we look alike? <laughs> you do actually. He's a lot prettier though. Oh. I gotta, I gotta show you something I picked up this week. St st I'll be right back. Hang, speaking right, here in tongues. Hang on. I'll be right speaking back. in tongues. Here we go. Mike's moving quick. Folks, if you haven't subscribed to Covered to Covered, please make sure you do. It notifies you anytime we're live in case you don't want to miss any of this, any of Roger's antics. Mike's back. Yeah, I just I reminded everybody to subscribe. Oh yeah, subscribe. Uh, hit like. Uh, hit the hit the little alert thing so you know when we go live. All that stuff just helps uh, because, you know, we have a total of 34 subscribers now. We're going up. So anyway, I got this, and I think you may have seen this on Facebook, but I got this in the mail the other day, and I, I almost forgot that I ordered it. I'm like, what the hell did I get? I got this 7-inch of I Love It Loud by Kiss, and on the other side is Killer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Great now, song. Now, this... This seven inch is so clean. You could see the reflection. I don't know if this has ever actually been played. I haven't played it since I got it, but that's not why I wanted to show you. Okay. Maybe you didn't see my video on this. I didn't No, This is news to me. All right. So this is the sleeve. It comes in. All right. Okay. This is a sleeve that looks just like Gene Simmons of kiss. Now, that's cool right it's one of the worst drawings of gene simmons i've ever seen right i agree but here's the thing dude it's not just that okay <laughs> it's got a tab you can pull and his tongue sticks out and he gets demonized oh, i love that all right i love that when i don't know when that's from but they went into gene simmons in the future when it looks like his hair from 2004 actually no this is the hair from this is actually off the killers album oh yeah he actually okay. had he's got that, the short hair yeah 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 the short hair with the one side ponytail you know almost like the elder uh, era what elder era yeah 
you know, but yeah, this thing, I don't know. It, it, it was a European own, only release back in 81 or something like that. That's sweet. I've um, never seen that. That's really cool. Yeah. To find these, I saw one once in a, on a, on a live auction and I kept bidding and bidding and bidding and bidding and I lost because after a while I just had to give up. But, um, Jeff says that's the only seven inch uh, I've ever had in my hands. And uh, I'm not going to lie. He's right. And it's going to stay that way. Oh God! Look, I'm a five eight Italian. You know, if I was hey. a tripod, that would just be like wrong. Hey, so, Mike. Speaking of which, and I'm going to ask you about this right now because you know you're from New York and you're Italian. Yes. Do you know where you can get prosciutto bread, like they eat in the Irishman? Tons of places. Well, none. There, let me let me let you in on a little secret. There's none in Detroit where you can get it. Even when you go to like the iconic Italian markets around they here, they don't I have ask, sausage bread. They don't have prosciutto bread. They don't have meat bread. They don't. No. No. I ask about it and they look at me like I'm out of the what, what, what? What do I look like here? I can't make no fucking prosciutto bread. What the All fuck? Right, you have no idea. All right, Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. That's where you go for a lot of that great stuff. Uh, but all over Long Island, too, there's pork stores, which pork stores are basically Italian mini supermarkets. You know, they're much smaller, but they're uh, really good. They're Let's say they're really big Italian delis. Okay. I'm all and about that. A lot that. of those places make bread fresh every day, and they'll make sausage bread, they'll make prosciutto bread, they, you know, whatever, you know. It's so good. So good. I want some authentic shit. Have you ever right. seen the, I mean, have you seen the Irishman? I'm sure you have. Like five times, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I think I'm the only one that actually liked it. I loved it. It's like, it's, it, I don't I don't think I'd like it better than The Godfather, but it's like, no, it's, but it's up there for me. It's, it's fucking great. It's good. It's great. People are like, oh, it's three hours. Shut up. Anyway, three and a half. Three hours. The, this show is breaking on three hours. At this even, point. We should get right into it. Even Frank Bellow said to me that he thought it was long. It was long. And he loves all those movies. I love those epics, but it was long. It could have been done a little bit shorter, a little tighter. Yeah. Anyway, moving into it, we got a topic this week. All right. The topic this week is called And In The End. Now, last week we did In The Beginning, which we talked about songs, the best songs to open albums. All right. And we talked about things like The Song Remains The Same by Led Zeppelin or Refugee by Tom Petty. All these songs, which, by the way, the playlist is made and it is up on the YouTube video from last week. So make sure you check out the playlist. I made it today. Finally, I put it up. I still have to make the one for the cover tune one uh, and, and I'll eventually get there. But that one's going to take a lot more time to search out all of those songs. I yes. just realized I started doing it today. I'm like, I'm going to need like a couple hours to do this one. The other one, though, from last week. Yes, that's up. This one hopefully will be up tomorrow or Friday for you. So what we're talking about with and in the end, quoting from the Beatles, are songs that end albums, the best songs to end albums, because you don't want them to be like, as Mitch Hedberg said about pancakes, great in the beginning, but halfway through, you're sick of them. Yep. You know, you don't want your albums to be like that. You want it to finish strong, right? So I have a list. Shut up. I have a the first one. Is it the first one? No, yeah, it's so the first you had, one. no, you had one earlier, but you muted yourself. I did, y'all. I really yeah. had to yell at him for that yeah. one because he was jumping on my kitchen table. I'm like, dude, no, don't, don't, don't do that. So anyway, um, so we have. I have a list. I'm sure Nick has a list. We're going to go back and forth on this one, and uh, I'm going to go first this time. I think you went first last. I time. did. 
I did. So, um, uh, had to get that there out. There you go. That's a good one. I love that one. That's a great yeah. album. And then what about this one? Oh, excuse me. You know, I, I uploaded that hey, and then, and then I forgot it was on loop. So it was just doing this. <laughs> I put on my headphones. I'm like, what the hell's going on? This show has reached an all new low. Well, I mean, look, we we can't we can't get to this without without. <laughs> it's so bad. It sounds like jail room rape moans. It's just really awful. All right, so here's what we're doing. We're talking about the best songs to end albums. And last time when I picked the first song, my first one was Song Remains the Same from Houses of the Holy. My first one this week is The Ocean from Houses of the Holy. That is such a great tune. And in fact, what really makes it is not the main part. It's that whole outro, that big party sounding outro that does not fit the song at all. At all. Why it's did like they two do songs that? In one. I don't know, but it's amazing. And for, because it's Led Zeppelin, it works. Yep. You know, so I have to go with the ocean from Led Zeppelin for and sure as my first pick. And that's also Bonham at the beginning that does the we done four already, but now, now yeah. we're steady. And that's yeah, it's Bonham. And yep. if you if you have Counting the double, if you have the double disc Led Zeppelin set, you can see that the DVD, you can see that in the flesh, a roadie turned the microphone for Bonham to do that part before oh, they no start way. the song. Yeah, it's I great. I've not seen that. That's awesome. Song remains the same outtake. Fantastic. Nice. Okay. You're up. And by the way, I'm fairly certain we probably have some doubles. Yeah, oh, there's for sure there's going to be. But I, you know I have what? the I, pen ready to cross things out. I saw we last week I thought we were going to have a lot more doubles than we did. But yeah. um, closing out. One of my absolute favorite records of all time, Deep Purple Machine Head, and that is Space Truckin'. Nice. Which is one of my favorite Deep Purple songs, just firing on all cylinders. Heavy riff. Yeah, heavy heavy riff on the uh the uh John Lord Hammond B three organ, just laying it down great. Richie Blackmore solo, and there's a fantastic drum roll going back into the song by the the man Ian Pace that he does one-handed, one-handed 32, 32 snare roll with one fucking hand. Ian Pace, the other king other than Bonham. Can you hear it only being done by one hand? No, but you can see him do it only with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> there's video of it so one hand fucking well, but, amazing uh, so he's one one hand man one hand man i guess so but if you can't hear it well i mean i suppose you can hear it it's def- it, i mean it's the role it's the role <laughs> Gah. okay come out <laughs> <laughs> what was that come out all right there you go that's 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 wow hey, that's mate. not even oh my god hey mate hey yeah. hey hey, hey what's mate. Happened, baby fuck you uh you knew it was gonna make a comeback all right yes 
my next one i talked about this last week because i you know we were going back and forth about best first songs from metallic albums now somebody had written to me all the final songs off puppets and justice and the black album and i said to myself i says i says to the guy i says listen you're a third right you're a third right now let's talk about the other two for a minute you know dyer's eve kind of doesn't go anywhere right it's just you know it's just a lot of double bass that took them like multiple takes to get an editing tape together to get the drums right right so I can't really say that Dyer's Eve is one of those that are, you know, from Injustice is, is one of my picks. Struggle Within is probably one of the better songs off the Black Album. Um, but do I think it's the best closing song from a Metallic album? No. Damage Incorporated, by far, is the best last song on a Metallic album. It was on because, my list, too. Yeah, I mean, that goes out on such a high note. And it's so heavy and so brutal and just one of their heaviest songs period yep and i love that song i love playing that song on guitar it's so much fun to play uh because it's not difficult but it sounds so brutal and it's so much fun so yes i i absolutely go with damage incorporated from metallica from uh master puppets great one thank you uh Mark Garney said Jackson Brown stay from running on empty. That's a good one. But let me ask this because we're going to get in. Both of us, I'm sure, have choices like this. Mm. Stay is linked to the loadout from Jackson Brody, Brown. Yeah. Right. So it's like I consider that one song. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I have I have a pick like this and I'm sure you have a pick like this, like you like you were just saying. Um. I think I would probably tie both together. Yeah, I think I so too. I have two on my list like that. So I'm gonna go for one right now since we're since we're on this subject. I know which one you're gonna do. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my finger ready. My head and, yep, I'm ready. Closing out one of the greatest albums of all time. Yep. Brain damage eclipse. It was Dark the last Side one on Moon. my list. Dark <laughs> Side of the Moon. Yeah. Those two songs are attached at the hip. They are totally attached. Absolutely, hundred percent. I agree. And and just uh, I mean, what an exclamation point on a yeah. on a fucking great album, you know? I, it's just uh, the if you I don't know if you've seen Roger Waters on this tour, or the previous one on Us and Them, but when it when it's when it transitions from brain damage to Eclipse, especially on the Us and Them tour a few years ago, when it when it made that transition, the entire arena went black and and just the prism lit up. And it was it was like one of the greatest one of if not the greatest concert moment I've ever witnessed. It just chills and what what that record means. And I, I know a lot of people think it's overrated, but I think it's it's an absolute masterpiece. So, excuse me. Shut up. <laughs> Be good boy. He's like kiss my ass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's 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 a killer choice. Killer choice. Uh, my next one, I'm going off page, not off page, but like off normal uh, genre, if you will. Um, Got to give credit to this Prince Purple Rain. Oh, God. How did I not put that one down? Oh, you fantastic. Gotta, you yeah. have to have that in there. I mean, talk about a way to end an album. Masterpiece of a song. 
Yep. Masterpiece. I don't even have to say any more about it. If anybody disagrees with me, they can just go leave. Because yeah, pound that song is so good, so powerful, such an amazing song emotionally. If you watch the movie, you want to cry. Um, but yeah, it's so good. And his playing on that song is amazing. One of the greater guitar solos from uh, Prince uh, of all Prince tunes. Just really, really great, great, great gospel-esque type song. You want to testify in the middle of that song. His his crowning achievement, without a doubt. Yep. And uh, like you said, if anybody doesn't like that record or that yeah. song, then pound sand, go. Yep, away. pound sand. Um, <laughs> uh, this one I thought of um, driving home actually, and uh, off the fantastic this year's model record from Elvis Costello, who I think is actually criminally underrated. Uh, his classic song, Radio, Radio. Is the closing track on this year's model, and I've nice. always loved I've always loved that song, and uh, it's definitely in his top five songs of his career. So, uh, and it just ends that record so perfectly, uh, which starts with no action, and of course has I don't want to go to Chelsea and the song this year's model, another great album. Nice, good call. I didn't realize that was the last song on the album. Yep, that's awesome. Uh, my next choice, I went a little darker. Purple Rain was emotional. This is evil. So, and this was tough because there are few bands that have several great last songs. Yes. Black Sabbath is one of them. And it was hard to pick, but I, I this one definitely rose above the rest. From Masses of Reality, Into the Void. Uh. Great. Oh, I know you hate Ozzy. Whatever. Into the Void is a great, great tune with amazing guitar riffs. You know, look, you should like it because Ozzy's pretty monotone in that song. Uh, what, what song is he not monotone in? Others. He's a terrible singer. Go to hell. Singer, quote unquote. Go away. No, that is a good pick. Fantastic Tony Iommi riff. Yes. Well, several. Like, that song is chock full of riffs. There's like three or four amazing riffs in that song. Yes. So, you know, and then like the whole, and then his like little, you know, tasty guitar solos in between the dun dun dun. You know, that's actually the notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what key is that? Uh, it's, it's, it's in the uh, jerk off Olydian mode. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like his tasty little solos in between all those breaks, it just really makes the song. And, you know, w between the opening riff and then just the, the, the heavy, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, chord chunkiness underneath the verses. It's just so good. And that, that album, you know, and then the third, you know, the third riff at the end, it just, you know, down, you know, taking you out the whole way. It's a great way to close out an album. I agree. It is good, except for Ozzy. So let's let's go to my Black Sabbath pick, which is uh, Lonely Something is the Word. Something Heaven and Hell? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Epic Dio vocal performance and uh, off of Sabbath's best record, hands down. You do realize he's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ozzy's he's still, still Yeah, that, do that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Dio was also like 10 years older than Ozzy and still was much better. Oh, Dio's better now as a singer than Ozzy is, even in his prime. I hate you. I hate you. All right, I'll put that in. 
My next one's a twofer because I couldn't pick which one. All right. Okay. I try to do like what we always do, which is, you know, try to pick like one band, you know, like one song from one band yes. and yeah, not, yeah. not repeat ourselves. Th- this was a little bit tougher with two different bands. Led Zeppelin was a tough one to pick one. Um, Rush was another one because one is very close to me and one is just awesome. So I went with a twofer, if you don't mind. Cygnus X1 from Farewell to Kings because it's an epic 10-minute song that has such evil <laughs> chord change in it, in it. And it's if you listen to the, the, the last two minutes of that song, it's some of the heaviest, heaviest, heaviest Rush stuff ever. And Neil Peart is going nuts yep. on that song. So that's number one. Number two, and this one might catch a lot of people by surprise, Vital Signs. From oh, that's not pictures. where I thought you were going at all. We're, yeah, no, Vital Signs is such a great tune because it's got that reggae feel, but it's got the rock choruses, and that was, you know, it, it very progressive in a lot of ways. But then again, when you listen to the outro, you hear Neil's, Neil's playing on the outro of that song. It's just all over the place and, like, again, very, very maniacal. I don't, I don't know a better way to describe yeah. it. So that's why I like that song. It's different. They would play it live sporadically, and then later in their career, they started playing it more live, and they really seem to enjoy it, and you can kind of feel that energy off of them. And it's not a difficult song in general. It's actually a very basic song, but it's just fun, and it sounds great, and I really like the way that that ends that album. That's a great call. My Rush pick, which I can never say, so why don't you just go ahead and say it? Oh, the La Villa Strangiato? Yes. Or La Via Strangiato, depending on who yeah. you are. Yeah, that's uh, exactly it. I never know yeah. which one it is. Just like, is it Pert? Is it Peart? Is it fucking... I, it's Peart. You got, you got to be able to speak fucking 10 languages if you like Rush. Yeah, it's uh, it could be La Via Strangiato or La Villa Strangiato if you live here. Uh, La Via Strangiato, I never say it that way. I always say La Villa. I just yeah, I always off. thought it was La Villa, but I, yeah. you know, I didn't want to get it wrong in the presence of a Rush nerd. So, yeah. well, I don't, which I look, am myself. I just, yeah, you know. but I'm, I'm not as picky uh, about the pronunciation, except of Peart, which I learned. I said Pert for 20 years. I wish it could just stay Pert. Well, but I have to give the guy. I gotta get. I gotta be respectful. It was Peart. But I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just and I'm gonna agree with Eddie Trunk on this, which I don't agree with a lot of things. But he's like on all the worlds of stage. They Getty Lee says on drums, Neil Peart. So why wasn't it Peart then with Getty Lee, who know. knew knew him very well? I think he just decided later on that it was Peart instead was of smoking Pert. a lot of weed. So was in the Neil. Seventies, exactly. He finally so, woke up. Was like it's Peart, dude. Yeah, man, that's what I was going to say. Maybe Neil didn't realize that it was Peart <laughs> until later on. It doesn't matter. LaVilla is my pick for Rush. And it's a great pick because, I, I mean, think of a better instrumental they did. No, they didn't. YYZ comes close. Yeah, but that part in LaVilla where it goes, boom, bam, 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 bam. Well, they, they stole that from, from Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's, it's got that feel. No, they literally did steal it from Looney Tunes. Like Looney Tunes, like wanted to sue them. Like Warner Brothers wanted to sue them. There's some, there's some story about that somewhere along the lines. But that whole song is so great, and they tried so hard to keep record it all in one take, and they just they couldn't. No, 
They couldn't. Eventually, they had to break it up into parts. But they really tried doing it in one take because that was their, their whole thing. Just play the whole thing through. There's just too many moving parts in that song. But that is their crowning achievement as far as instrumentals go. It is, it is a textbook of everything that is great about Rush. I in agree. That song. So I agree. Um, this one's Back a little bit you. off off topic too. Not off topic, but off page. Uh, I went a little poppier with this one, but this song has such an emotional component to it, and it's such a lush production. It can't be ignored. I went with Oasis, Champagne Supernova. You fucker! I had a Champagne Supernova. I can't believe it. I thought for sure you weren't going to pick that. No, I agree completely. Fuck you. <laughs> What's happening, baby? <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. What's happening, baby? This is this is what happened when, when Nick found out I chose that song. <laughs> oh wait, we should do this while we're feeding the ducks. So <laughs> Is this better or not as good as the rock one? Which is sort of boring. It sounds like somebody learning how to play drums on that it one. It sounds like something out of pole position from Atari circa 1984. Um, yeah, so I went with Champagne Supernova because that is such a great song on such a great album, and it really polishes off that record. I agree. Forget about what you think about you know uh, the the brothers and Liam all their and fighting. Noel. Yeah, the, uh, both of them fighting all the and, time. I mean, and let, and. Uh, Sidebar, let's just give praise to Noel Gallagher oh, this yeah. week for his amazing quote about System of a Down. Which was, please. Which was, it was, uh, please, hang on, I, I, I want to read this exactly as he said it. Hang on one I second. I hear this again. Ah, it's so on, good. This was so good. Because I hang hate on. System of a Down so Me much. Me too. Me too. Hang on. This is so worth us pausing for a second. Hang yes. on. Hang oh, on. Boy. I have it Uh-oh. saved somewhere. Here we go. All right. Do you ever look at the sky and think, I'm glad I'm alive? After I heard System of a Down, I thought, I'm actually alive to hear the shittiest band of all time. (laughs) Yes! Which is quite something when you think about it. Of all the bands that have gone before and all the bands that'll be in the future, I was around when the worst was around. (laughs) Amazing. So good. That's up there with this other quote of when he said, people always ask me why I hate metal, and I only have one answer, black drumsticks. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. my God. But Champagne Supernova is, is brilliant. Yeah, and so is Noel Gallagher for saying yes. that. Yes. Liam Gallagher is a big asshole. I don't know. I th- he's the yin to the yang of Noel. You know, I mean, if you can't be in a band because all you do is fist fight with your brother. <laughs> what about when Liam was on Howard Stern and he just kept calling Noel a potato? <laughs> he's like, he's a fucking potato, Howard. <laughs> like, what an odd insult. But he did marry Patty Kensett. Anyway, uh, nice. moving on. Uh, you're, you're next. Okay. Well, Mike, you knew this time was going to come mm. because I, did, I didn't pick an opening song last mm. week from this artist. Mm. but i gotta I pick a closing it, I song coming. i knew yep. bruce was coming yep yeah one of the most epic closing tracks of all time closing out born to run we jungle land so bad oh jungle land 
amazing song. Uh, Bruce at his absolute finest, other than the title track, Born to Run. Uh, but just closing out arguably his greatest record. Uh, hey, wait. Let, let's, let's ask Roger what he thinks. Roger, what do you think of Jungle Land? Uh, really? Okay, well, that was his two... two that was his take on it. Thanks, Roger. I agree. Yeah, he's, no, he's still Bruce, talking about it. Bruce, you could have picked. There's like five tunes I could have picked, but I went with Jungle Land because I think it's like uh, his defining epic closing song. New York City Serenade from uh, Wild the Innocent and the East Street Shuffles up there. And, of course, Darkness on the Edge of Town, the closing track on that fantastic album. I'm not putting all those on there. You don't have to. Just Jungle Land. I'm not gonna. That says That says it enough. Good. We're moving on. You just don't want to admit the greatness. Yeah. Um, by great, you mean suck. <laughs> he doesn't suck. But I just, I have to keep this up. <laughs> I have an image to protect. All right. So going back to the Jackson Brown, Pink Floyd slash closing songs. Can't be a list of closing songs without postmortem segueing into Rain and, Rain and, Raining Blood. It was Star. on there. Have to do it. 100% must be there. There is no way that this would be complete without both. You need both of them. You need both of them. Because Postmortem has such a great groove to it. And then. Groove. It does have a good. Taste your blood as it trickles through the air. Another casualty. You know, it's it has a groove. It has a swing, actually. Yeah, it does. It's it's actually like a swing. You could almost swing dance to it. Um, there's not many songs you could say that have groove with Slayer. That's one of them. Stain of Mind is another one because that's got that new metal you know hop to it. But but yeah, those two, one into the other, completing that album, their classic album. Talk about a way to finish up. Yeah. And then that whole outro that just keeps speeding up and speeding up and speeding up and speeding up <laughs> into infinity almost. Yes. Yeah. So. And and another thing we always have to say is closing out that great record, which by the time you get to the end of it, had only started about 29 minutes prior. Yeah. It's like a half hour long. It's, <laughs> it's like a sitcom. Yeah, it, it is. It's a sitcom <laughs> of metal. Okay, so you had Postmortem, Rain and Blood, which I yeah. did as well, but I assumed one of us was going to say that. So yeah. my backup Slayer closing tune is the classic Seasons in the Abyss. Amazing song. Amazing. Amazing song. You know, I, I asked Carrie one time, I'm like, what was, your, you know, what was your favorite thing? And this is before Slayer was done. Like, you know, what was like one of your favorite memories of just the band? And he's like, shooting that video in Egypt. Yeah, that was a big deal, you know, because Slayer doing videos in general. That was the first time they did. Yeah. So they did uh, War Ensemble, which was more of a live video. This was like a video you know, yeah. performance, but with, you know, the Giza pyramids in the background. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's almost like their ballad. Yeah, in a way, but it's it's also like they're epic too because it's the, one of the only Slayer songs that passes a, like a four minute threshold. It's like yeah. six and a half it's minutes like six long. Six minutes, yeah. yeah. 
and it tells a story from beginning to end. And there's, there's different temperatures and textures and flavors in that song. It's multi-layered that album seasons really was a turning point for them. in in a lot of ways, if, if I could, if I could digress on this for a minute, you know, South of heaven was, you know, more like, you know, blunt force trauma, you know, a lot of that. But Seasons is when they really, it, I, I, they must have made a conscious decision to take it up a notch because that's when you heard at solos that didn't sound like noise, you know, uh, people just throwing picks at the guitar, <laughs> you know. And, uh, look, Kerry's, you know, I, I've been friends with Kerry for a while. I haven't spoken to him in a while, so I guess we're acquaintances now. So I guess you're not friends anymore. <laughs> we're acquaintances now. We know of each other, and if I saw him, I'd give him a hug. Yeah. But I haven't talked to him in like three years. But though we do text here and there. Anyway, um, that album is really a turning point, and they got way more melodic. They weren't any less heavy. You know, it didn't, like, water down the heaviness. It's just, like, they thought about it more. There was more theory involved. There was more, there was more musicality. Yeah, there's parts, and there's, like yeah. you said, I mean, especially the seasons. I mean, it, it has so many ups and downs. And yeah. There are movements, essentially. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's more orchestrated in that respect that there are, like, movements throughout that song. I agree. So... Yeah, I don't no, think that's... you can go wrong with with with. I mean, th- those three records of Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, Seasons. It's yeah. I think the greatest three album run in in any metal band. You know, save Iron Maiden or somebody. I'm talking thrash metal metal. Like I, yep. those three are better than the first three Metallica. They're oh, yeah. they're better than the Megadeth trilogy. They're yep. better than the Anthrax trilogy. Yep. And I love all those bands and I give them all credit and they've all made great records, but those three from those from Slayer is just it's on it's untouchable in my mind. I, I don't disagree with you, man. And I, Seasons I mean, closes we're, we're out insane. that trilogy. You're talking yeah. about it opens with Angel of Death and closes with Seasons. Yeah. If you so. want to talk about the Holy Trinity, that's the Evil Trinity. Yep. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Works. Um, speaking of songs with parts in it, has to be a Beatles track on this list. Which, yeah, which one did you go with? Because I've got two. I think I took one of yours. Well, I, I, just, I just mentioned a song with a lot of parts in it. So I went with Day in the Life. Yep. And, you know, that song has like 17 parts in it. <laughs> yes. It's two songs combined. It's at least two songs combined. I mean, it's it's one, two, that eh, two. But it's it's but there's so many parts within those two songs too when you think yeah. about it, you know? Like the whole like ah, like that portion of it is like a separate part unto itself you know yep so there's again ebbs and flows and orchestration very much orchestration in that song with the whole you know orchestra behind it i mean you know george martin was a large part of that song uh but obviously you know they took the best parts of two john and paul songs and just smashed them together and made it work yes uh and lyrically it all flows so uh, you know and and to close out what is arguably because we can fight about this one, the Beatles' best album. There are lots of people that think like Abbey Road, but I it's mean, Abbey Road. You know, Sgt. Pepper's really there for me, with the exception of a little help from my friends, um, which is weak. But that song, yes. we talked about it last time. You know, it's, it's definitely still- their most, um, like, seen through 
con- concept in the way of it being a, 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 a studio project. I don't mean yeah. concept in a li- linear story. I mean where they said we're going to sit down and we're going to yeah. use the studio as an instrument. Sergeant Pepper is the best example of that. Well, they were also thinking like, well, we're not going to tour anymore and this is going to be our new identity. And there was a whole bunch of that going like, oh, well, let's just make this. We're Sergeant Pepper and the Lonely Hearts Club, man. We're going to make it like a separate identity, but they couldn't because it's the Beatles. Because they're the Beatles, right? Um, so, yeah, so that's that's my pick. Well, day, day in the life, I just want to say uh, if, if you're a Beatles fan, I highly recommend you check out. There's a demo version of that song that they put on i think the anthology volume two keep talking and uh that that uh you can hear all the studio chatter in the headphones and things like uh mike was talking about that orchestration in the middle where they move they told the uh the string section go from your lowest note to your highest note in any order you want but by the time we get to the end of this we want you to be at your highest note and uh, you can hear the Beatles' loyal roadie, Mal Evans, counting in the headphones to everybody where Five, they're at in the six, song. It's so seven, it's it's so eight. cool. It's so, haunting. Uh, it is. It's very haunting. I actually, you can hear that in Sergeant Pepper if you listen to the mono version in headphones. You can hear that. But, you have to pay attention to it. It's yes, it's buried. It is. But but what you're but talking the, about, you can hear it clear. Yes, exactly. So if you're a Beatles fan or you want to hear a different angle of that song definitely check out the anthology version all right well then i might as well go ahead with my beatles pick and i'll take the other one that you probably had which is the golden slumbers medley yeah on, uh, but that's still not the last song on the album so that's why i didn't pick it uh technically her majesty is kind of part of that it's the paul says it's the coda to the medley but you know paul says a lot of things but uh it's the final to me it, I mean, not only is it an amazing track and it closes out Abbey Road, which I think is their best record, but to me, it's such a final period on the Beatles' career. Uh, again, if you know the timeline, obviously everybody's familiar with Get Back and Let It Be and all that now because of the documentary that came out. But what they, and they only touch on this at the end that, you know, that whole documentary is the perception that the band is breaking up and they were, but. They said we've got to end on a better note than this, and they were right because there's and and I'm not ragging on it. Let it be, but as we've seen with the making of it, it's it's not all of their finest moments. So they made a conscious effort to say we want to go back in one more time with George Martin, and we want to do this the right way. And what we get is Abbey Road. So for that medley to close it out and all the ebbs and flows and how it brings other themes back from the other songs, it's 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 just brilliant. And and uh, as we name this episode, and in the end, you know, I th- it's just so representative of the Beatles to me, and uh, just an absolute masterpiece. Although Day in Day in the Life is of course amazing too. So uh, either one, but th- uh, that medley means so much to me. I I, I love it. And. All right, so who played the drum solo? <sighs> I'm, I don't know. It's a pretty okay. So that's a pretty simplistic solo. So it could it could be Ringo. It could have been Paul. Uh, I, I'm not sure. You know, I think it's Ringo personally. Uh, Paul says it's him. You know, George Harrison said. You know, <laughs> you think you think Ringo Starr is the best drummer in rock i don't even think ringo is the best drummer in the beatles right right 
But that's what I'm saying. Paul's actually Paul can play kind of some involved stuff on the drums if you listen to his solo records, yeah. and that's a pretty straightforward, simplistic thing. It's perfect for that break, but I mean, it, it's essentially a kick drum and two tom rolls. So yeah. it's not like Ringo couldn't handle it. And uh, I mean, I'm a huge Ringo fan, so yeah, I think it's Ringo. I I don't know. I, it's it's too simplistic for Ringo. You know, well, I, I, it just seems out of place. But anyway, we could talk about that another. Time. Yes. Yeah. Different one. All right. Uh, back onto the heavy metal well, hard rock. Well, something track. Um, this closed out one of the best albums of the early 90s. Um, and it was re-recorded by Johnny Cash. I went with Nine Inch Nails. Hurt. Oh, from great. The downward one, yeah. Spiral. Um, as great as Johnny Cash's version is, as haunting as Johnny Cash's version is, the original version holds, it holds a lot. And when I saw Nine Inch Nails play live, I saw them twice, and they closed with it each time. Yes. And it was uh, amazing. Yep. Absolutely. I've seen them close with it twice. They're great. They're yeah, great live. They, they put on such a great job. It's like an epileptic's nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much strobe light, like, you know, you will, you will, you will go into a seizure. Um, but man, the, the way that Trent like puts it all out there during that song live, undeniable. And, and another thing, you know, we're talking about what these closing songs represent on albums. And that is such a, it's such a different feel to the rest of that record that, uh, I think it just it just closes that out so it's so perfectly. That's such a great album. You're up. Okay. Mark Garney said Boston let me take you home tonight and that was on my list and I do agree. Uh but I don't think I have to pick that now because he picked it for me. So I'll go with Thin Lizzy Black Rose. I don't even know it. You don't know it closes out Black Black Rose of course the album the, the only one they did with Gary Moore. Um, I can't. I can't think of it. I can't picture it. It's it's a great song. Great uh, ripping guitar solo, of course, from Gary Moore. The twin uh, guitar attack that we know and love from Thin Lizzy. Um, and I could have went with Emerald because it closes uh, Jailbreak, but uh, I went with Black Rose because because I think again the guitar work just from Gary Moore alone it makes it worth it. All right. Well, there's that. I was just going to ask if anybody was still still watching because I hadn't seen uh, Mark, Pat, or Gall McCartney make any comments. Well, there so. are six people still watching, so cool. we have six. We have six. That's always good. That's good. Um, my next one, I'm if you probably have this on your list too. I'm sorry. I'm not like trying to take your songs, but if you don't have this on your list, I'll be really surprised. Uh, Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want from Let It Bleed. So I don't have that Stone song. So Ooh, go ahead. So go how do ahead. you not have that song on Cause there? Because I, I picked a different Stone song. Oh, okay. Well, I figured there was a Stone song in there somewhere. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, th that song is a great way to end the album because, first of all, it's a great song, period. Right? You see a theme with a lot of the ones I'm picking. It's very orchestrated, and everything starts out slow and just builds and builds and builds and builds so for me what i'm seeing is you know a song that builds to a crescendo is a great way to end an album because you're leaving on an emotional high 
And that's what that song does. It just keeps building and building and building. The tempo picks up, picks up. Charlie Watts is not playing to a metronome. He's getting faster. That's not Charlie Watts on that song. Wait, what? It's the producer. No way. I did not know that. I learned something new every day. Yes. Why was Charlie Watts not on that song? I don't remember. There's some reason why he's not on it, but it's the producer of that record is playing drums on that Holy song. Holy crap. All right. Well, there you go. You Which is why it, it has, that's why it has a different feel because of that. Yeah, it doesn't have a jazz feel. No. Like like Charlie plays, you know, or even a rock feel. It's just like a different like a almost, you know, like you know, like a sh- like not quite a shuffle. Um I don't know, you know, it's it's shuffle esque, like at the end, at the very end, where it's like almost like the double time drum part, you know, almost like a shuffle, Um, but it definitely has that very different feel, and I guess that's why. I did not know that. I did not know that. I learned. I I learned something today. I think Charlie's on the track playing something else, uh, if I remember right. Yeah, something (laughs) like that. No, it's it is. It's some. It's something. Um, Keith talks about it extensively in his book and, uh, I listened to that fairly recently. So that, that's why it's sticking out in my head. Let me give you my stone song. So if I didn't pick, you can't always get what you, what you want. What did I pick? What did you pick? I picked moonlight mile, which closes out sticky fingers, which is the opposite of, uh, can't always get what you want in that it debuilds. And builds, uh, well, de, de builds, yeah, de builds. no, it, yeah, things start coming off of it. You know, it ends de, with just devolves? with just yeah, devolves, whatever. It 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 ends up with just Keith guitar, and and it's it's great. And I think Sticky Fingers is such a straightforward, ballsy rock record. Of course, except for uh, still got the blues or whatever that's called um, in the middle of the record. But Moonlight Mile is just such an epic closing track to that, which, you know, that album opens with Brown Sugar. It, it, it has Bitch on it. It has um, uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking. You know, so there's there's a lot of classic Stones tracks on that album. And uh, just a great vault from, from Mick. And, and that's my favorite Stones record. So that's why I wanted to pick that one. All righty. Well, we're going to do one more each and then a, an honorable mention, okay? Because we're running long on time here. Yes, and I yes. could do this all day. Um, yep. I'm going to skip a couple here. I have to, again, I said a hard time. I had a hard time picking one song from two bands. One was Rush. The other was Led Zeppelin. And I went with When the Levee Breaks from Led Zeppelin 4. Yep. I had it on my list, too. The most mythical drum beat recorded ever, you know, and it's been demystified as to how that was done. You're putting, you know, playing in a in a large uh atrium essentially in a large foyer with with a tape machine delay on it and tons of reverb and that's how that was gotten if you look at watch rick beato's videos he actually demystify he actually has the equipment that was used there you go wow um so not the exact one but the same the same machines and everything and he reproduces it and it's pretty cool so um yeah when the levy breaks ending led zeppelin four what a way to go out right 
Yeah, absolutely. I remember my dad saying to me I, when I was younger, you know, I was going off. Of course, John Bonham's always been my biggest influence on the drums. And and uh, I, I just was saying to him, oh, I can't believe the drum sound, you know. And my, for those that know my dad or don't know him, he's uh, he, he says things very bluntly. And with those with that drum beat, he said, it sounds like Bonham hooked the kick pedal up to a garage door. And he meant it in a good way. Like, it's just such a powerhouse <laughs> sound of, like, it sounds like somebody kicking your garage door, and it does. And that's a fantastic pick. Well, thank you. It's your All right. Turn. All right. I'm surprised you didn't say this, so I'm going to say it. I think it's the best closing track of all time. Won't get fooled again. The Who. It was next on my list. From Who's Next. It, nice. th there is no more ultimate rock anthem there is no more ultimate closing track power to the max uh everybody in the band just firing on all cylinders great guitar work from uh from pete great drumming of course amazing bass playing and the lyrics out of this world i love that song i it's it's in my top 10 for maybe even top five favorite songs of all time and uh who's next one of the greatest rock albums ever and i i think that's just such an amazing way to end that album uh you you picked a really good one there i i can't even can't even argue with you at all um all right honorable mentions we each get one okay uh this was um one kid old again was gonna be mine uh this one was actually submitted by a friend of mine, and I agree. It's a great closing song, and I'm going to throw it out there. Rocket Queen from oh, Appetite yeah. for Destruction by yeah, Guns N' Roses. One. Yeah, great that's, a, that's a great. That's another two-song-in-one kind of thing, you know. Uh, but it, it's a six-and-a-half-minute song that really closes out that album amazingly. So, And the song itself is pretty badass, you know. So, uh, yeah, works for me. Ooh. I got so many options left. Uh, just trying to pick one. Hmm. Oh, I have to answer Patrick on this one. Can you do a whole episode on Rush sometime in the future? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty simple. We can. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with probably the least known closing track on on my list, and that is Got the Time by Joe Jackson. Oh, nice. Closing out looks sharp. A lot of people know it as an Anthrax song, but it actually is a Joe Jackson song. And Joe Jackson played it faster. Yes, Joe Jackson played it faster. Not um, by much. No, not by much, but still faster than Anthrax, and that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> um, <laughs> looks Sharp's just uh, such a fantastic record, and uh, it's just it's just got a punky feel and straightforward, and I love it. I, I just love how it closes out that record. And the fact that Anthrax covered it is, is pretty fucking great. So Yeah, they did a killer job of that. I, that was like uh, that was on Persistence of Time. So I was yep. on the radio. I was on a DJ on the radio at the time. We played that all the time. There you go. Oh, look at Gall McCartney's comment. Tell him to shut up. I hate that song. <laughs> Tell him to um, shut up. Like, he's not watching this. Yeah, like, you didn't up. hear you say shut up. Shut up. No, there's so many good ones. I mean, we, like you said, we could have went on forever. Yeah, but we have to end this show at some yes. point. Yes, we do. 
So that is, uh, we went through about, I don't even know how many songs we went through, but I'll make a playlist for this and I'll post it afterwards. It should be up tomorrow or the next day, I promise. This one I'll get to faster because there's a little less turmoil right now. Actually, there's a lot of turmoil right now. I am now a single gentleman again. Uh-oh. Uh, number one. Ah, d- d- yeah. Mike, come on. Yeah. Come on, and guys. And then, then I had another friend go completely psycho on me, like completely psycho. Uh, so I actually had it to the point where I had to change the locks on my doors. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> look at uh, John Burns. Comment. <laughs> usually do go on forever. You know what else else What's goes up, on baby? forever? You know what else goes on forever? Uh, his his auctions because uh, he takes too long to close out the albums. Just like oh, I forgot. Uh, uh, going once, going twice. Oh, I'm gonna wait uh, 35 minutes. Uh, going once, going twice again. Uh, uh, going once. What's after that? Twice. All right, let me wait another hour. Uh, and I'm sitting there like shitting my pants. Like, did I win the album or not? And then some asshole comes and is like $21. Like, fuck you. That's what goes on forever. So anyway, I love you. John. Yeah. Hallowed be thy name was on my list too, Pat. <laughs> there you go. Um, so anyway, uh we're moving on to discovered and this song sucks yes and then we'll close it out so i started off this whole thing today today you're going to start off discovered discovered which is where we talk about a cover song that we like as much if not more than the original yes so I was listening to uh, this record the other day and i i always forget that this covers out there um and that is White Snake's cover of Day Tripper. Yes, it exists from the early days of White Snake with uh, John Lord in the band, and I think Ian Pace might be even be on the track. But did you uh, know what I was going to pick? No, is that what you had? You'll see. Okay. So, um, anyways, total reverse of the Beatles version of Day Tripper, and this is a very. Uh, halftime rock feel almost funky feeling to the song uh i just think they do i just think they do it great it's 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 turning it on its head as you guys know those are always the ones i like to pick where it it's it's doing something different than the original and uh i think it's on what album is that on i think it's on trouble white snake trouble which is from like 1978 this is way before john sykes showed up and saved david coverdale's career this is fresh out of deep purple so it's yeah, like he saved his career, and record. then they got in a fight, and he left the band. Yeah, <laughs> but he still gets the checks, I'm sure, from one album. Yeah, two, three, well, three. Slide it in. I'll slide it in. Yeah. Uh, the one after that, and then the White one Snake just album, and then there's the other, the next one. No, the one yes. after was Slip of the Tongue. He had nothing to Slip do with that. Slip of the Tongue. He's on. He, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Vanderberg uh, was on that, and Vi played all the guitar. I th- Vi played all the guitar live. No, Vi played all the guitar on the album because Vanderberg got hurt. I don't think so. I'm 100% correct, man. Yeah, maybe you are. Yeah, and Vanderberg has gone on record saying he hated Steve Vai's playing on the record because uh, well, Steve Vai did all good. the Steve Vinus. That's so, good because we all still are wondering what Adrian Vanderberg's doing. So Exactly. Yeah, so glad, glad, he's, glad he feels that way. Steve Vai Adrian, still has a career. Adrian Vanderberg's probably like, I hated his playing because I can't play that. Yeah, right, exactly. Because <laughs> Vice so played way, was amazing on that album. Two records for John Sykes. There you go. Yeah. So, okay. Um, 
mine is <laughs> kind of funny. It's a typo negative uh, song, uh, but it's a triple shot. So when I was in artist management, they did this song. They recorded a Beatles medley, and it's on uh, World Coming Down, and it's Day Tripper, If I Needed Someone, and She's So Heavy. Wow. Needless to say, the licensing for that song was paid for through the nose. Why did they do that? I just because Peter Steele was such a huge, huge Beatles fan. The whole band was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Peter Steele especially. And really, when you think about it, go back and listen to some typo negative records and think about the Beatles. There was a definite Beatles influence there. It's down like four octaves, yeah. but there's definitely. Yeah, I could definitely influence. see the Beatles doing black number one for sure. Yeah, not that one. Um, but there's a lot of like Beatlesque type orchestration and things in it, you know, especially on the bass lines. I think he, he worshiped Paul McCartney. So, you know, you can hear it in the bass lines for sure. Um, but they did Day Tripper. If I needed someone and she's so heavy and it's great because they go from day tripper into, uh, in very typo negative style. So it's day tripper. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, so again, kind of like, I guess the white snake halftime feel, uh, but way heavier. Uh, and then they go into, if I needed someone and then they come back out of that into day tripper. And then they finish with the outro of she's so heavy, except they keep slowing it down every time to the point where it's almost like standing still it's like it gets down to like 30 beats per minute all right john you need to stop because peter was a friend of mine so I, don't, I wonder, don't go there i um, wonder if uh if the beatles ever like i wonder if like those guys ever were aware of that well i don't know if they were i don't know who owned the licensing at that point yeah yeah because it may have been michael jackson who owned it at that point Either way, they paid a lot for it to be on the record. They paid tens of thousands of dollars because it was not one, not two, but three Beatles songs. Yeah, that's so. um, Anyway, so that was mine. Now, is it better than any of the Beatles versions? No. Do I like it as much? Yeah, in a lot of ways because it's you know it's a little special to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's that. Now, this song sucks. Mm. There's lots of different ways we can go with this. I just want to say I've I can't believe how much shit I caught for my this song sucks last week. I was still getting messages from Mark Garney quoting lyrics to that how great that that Eagle song was. And you I know, and I told I told Mark I said Don Henley's not kicking anyone's ass because he quoted that line like I'd like to find your inner child and kick its little ass or whatever and it's like Don Henley's not kicking anyone's ass. Probably not, but no. he'll pay somebody with his multiple millions of dollars to come and kick your ass. Yeah, maybe he will. So that's close enough in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of controversial. Anyway, yeah. um, I went with a Who song. Oh, wow. Okay. And I could have gone with many, 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 many songs off this album, but I didn't. I went with... Um, hang on one second because I got to see what other songs I could have picked I know there's other ones I could have picked um, <laughs> it's just it's so bad um, the album is it's hard um, 
Actually, should I change it to this other song? Because they're both. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with this one. I was going to go with Athena from It's Hard, but I just changed my mind. I'm going with Don't Let Go of the Coat. Oh, wow. From Face Dances. No way. That's a you'd be better picking Athena. Uh, No, Athena, like. They're they both suck. No, they both suck. But I'm pretty sure I hate Don't Let Go of the Coat more. I think that song sucks more. How do you feel about more? How do you feel about you? You better you bet. I like that song. Yeah, me too. All right. I like that song. I think it's fun. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a fun song, um, but don't let go of the coat. The fuck does that mean anyway? Don't let go of the coat. It's like don't, don't let go of my coat. Like like somebody stealing the coat. Like I, whatever, man. Just shut up. Don't let go it's of the such coat. Such an odd. such an odd choice. It sucks. It's a shitty song by a band that's great. And let's be honest, anything that comes after who, you know, who are you really kind of sucks in many ways, except for you better, you bet. Um, and Eminence Front. Eminence Front's a cool tune. And I like yeah. Athena, too, to be honest with you. She's just a girl. She's a bum. I can't take it. She's a bum. I can't stand it. She's a bum. I like it better when they do it. Yeah, of course, because they do it at least in key. <laughs> But I'm not doing it in key on purpose. Why? Because the song sucks. But I'm sticking with my first pick. Don't let go of the coat. Because it's a stupid fucking title. Just to begin with, it's terrible. And then you have the song. Don't let go. Look, I'm looking on Wikipedia. It's classified as country rock. And the guy who produced it has no vowels in his name. I like how you go like this. Like you're pointing at everything. I am. I'm you pointing play. at Wikipedia. Uh, the guy who produced it is Bill Simzik. Yeah, he produced all their Simchek. stuff. Simchek. He's, like, he's like their manager or something. Yeah, well, whatever. The guy who played Zod in fucking Superman 2, his brother was their manager for years. I'm not kidding. That's true. Patrick Middlestat said, and another tricky day. Just another tricky day for yeah, you. Yeah, that one's not, not too good. Yeah, John's at work. That's why he's like, thank God I'm getting paid for this. You know, I'm not. I'm paying to do this, which uh, is worse. Yep. Nick isn't. Well, I'm still, t- I'm still taking. Dude, my time costs money. Mm. I got 250 for you. Yeah, 250. Two, three, 50. Three, 50. All right, what do you got? I just want to point out real quick how Gall McCartney said, like old Billy said. He's referring to the line in Get Over It where he says, old Billy was right. Let's kill all the lawyers, kill him tonight. Which, yes, Don Henley referred to William Shakespeare as old Billy. So, all right. another, well, it's just another reason why that song sucks. Hey, Nick, Nick, get over it. I <laughs> see what What's I did up, there. Ah! Yeah, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, my song this week. I don't know. I know the rules are a band that's usually great, but this song sucks. This band has great moments, 
but they have a lot of songs that suck. Kiss? But I heard no, but I heard this. I heard this one today, and it reminded me how much I hate this fucking song. <laughs> and that song is "It's My Life" by Bon Jovi. Yeah, that song is kind of annoying as shit, isn't it? It's horrible. First of it's, all, I, I I I was I was like. 10 when that came out and i remember even at 10 i couldn't escape it it was everywhere i went you went to the grocery store it was on you got in the car it was on you watch tv it was on every minute that song was getting shoved down your throat that's one reason reason number two why it sucks who refers to frank sinatra as frankie okay the There's same n- guy that refers to william shakespeare as billy <laughs> well that's don Henley. <laughs> Dude, like Frankie said, I did it my way. First off, thank God Sinatra was dead because you know he wouldn't have wanted Bon Jovi They're quoting him. They're both from Jersey. They're both from Jersey. That's all they have in common. Oh okay? my God. There's no way that Sinatra would have wanted Bon Jovi mentioning his name or quoting him in any of his songs. Okay, that's the first thing. Second off, Bon Jovi shouldn't be calling Frank Sinatra Frankie. That's the second reason. Third reason is I really hate that he has to bring up Tommy and Gina from Living on a Prayer. Well, the song is is Living on a Prayer Part 2. When you think about the progression of the song, think about it. I, with, the, I, with the talk box and everything else in it, it is Living on a Prayer Part 2. That is that's, that's why that song did so well, because basically it's just revisiting living on a prayer in but a lot we, of ways but i didn't want to check in on tommy and Gina. i don't want to check in I, on I, them I, either i didn't care I'm talking what was about happening from a bon jovi shitty songwriter perspective john if you're watching I, i'm sure why you didn't are, re- revisit the person from blaze of glory or that, or didn't he get shot dead hopefully well if that dude got shot dead then you can't revisit them, but but Tommy and Gina, they're like four kids in. They're making pasta on Wednesdays. It's Sprint Spaghetti Day. Yeah. Whatever, you know. Uh, like Tommy Mark and Arnie Gina said, got a lot going on. Yeah, well, Tommy and Gina. Tommy, they never back down. That's what he says in the song. Tommy, I'm sure, wears wife beaters, and Gina's a little whore. <laughs> They've, they probably have a very, uh, a very unhappy marriage. I, and, I Yeah. And I, of course, again, and like you said, it is like living on a prayer part two. I hate that they do the fucking, the, the, the old trick of the last the chorus. Trick. The last chorus went up a step. I fuck, I hate that. They're living on a prayer part two. That makes it even worse, to be honest. That wasn't one of my reasons why that song sucks. You don't like the transposition? <laughs> no, really. No, seriously. It's like. I I just the main reason why I hate the song is that he says like Frankie said I did it my way. Well, that that's a good reason. All right, kids, I think we've done at least two shows in one here. Uh, I want to I want to thank everybody who is here watching uh, this time around. Really appreciate it. Um, and oh wait, we should start the outro music right because we have outro music. We do, uh, but before yeah we do. I, well, because I can do that now. Oh, where Put is the it? ticker up. Oh, yeah, the ticker. Motherfucker. I forgot the ticker, and that's been happening like, oh, man. There we go. There's the ticker. All right, so a couple of reminders, little pieces of homework for you. Make sure you click like. Make sure you click subscribe and hit the little bell for alerts. That way you know when we go live. Next week, I will be on the road, so I will not be around. So we will have to uh, reconvene on August 24th? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that will give me time between now and then. And I almost guarantee... 
I know I've said it before, but I, I can almost guarantee that we'll have a special guest. So, because uh, we may do a whole Yacht Rock episode. Okay. And I may get, I'm going to ask, and we'll see if they can do it, but if I can get a couple of guys from Yachtly Crew to come on with us, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, because they're fun guys, and if you haven't seen Yachtly Crew, check them out on YouTube. You can see the show that they do. They're, they're, they're pretty awesome. But they all have very diverse musical backgrounds, and it's really interesting to hear where they come from, especially Rob the Drummer who at one point was actually the drummer of Bang Tango. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, so we'll see about that. I'm going to ask a couple people, see if they want to come on. That'd be awesome. I saw a mutual friend of ours today, and he's interested in coming on. Mr. Tyrell? Yes. Well, can he tattoo us? <laughs> Maybe. Well, listen, if Bob Tyrell wants to come on with us, I'm happy to have him come on with us because guess what? That dude just got off tour in Germany playing for like 50,000 people a day. Yep. Which is kind of incredible. So, and he's just a tattoo. Well, not just, but he's like one of the preeminent tattoo artists. Yes, yeah, right. Around. I was going to say, friends aside. Yeah, friends aside. I mean, he does some, some pretty awesome work. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, and yeah, just because it's on us doesn't mean it's bad. It's Bob's awesome. We love Bob. We call him slow Bob because he takes like seven hours to do a tattoo. Seven. You're lucky if you got out in seven. My, uh, Ian pace here took, uh, 14 hours in one sitting. Yes. Oh my God. That's like three meals. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like a whole day. It was like a jet lag experience. I might as well have flown to Japan. Speaking of flying, when he did this one, right, this took about six and a half hours. He started after nine o'clock. I had a flight the next morning at eight. Yep. He finished at about 430. Yeah, he, ne oh, he and, yeah, he never cares whatever you have no, going on. No. You're on his time. And like, I kept thinking, all right, he's close. He's close. Oh, he is slow, Bob. Okay. Yeah. But oh, bro, let me just do some more shading up here. Yeah. All right, we need to get Bob on. Yes. Talk to him about that. All right. we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get him up. Well, how long is he in town? Uh, he goes back to Germany in 10 days, but then he's only gone for five days. So he'll be All back right, so we'll get him in September. September. Yep. And if you know anybody that would be really interesting on our show, please send it to info. Well, actually, just send it to our Facebook page. It's way easier. Send suggestions there. Um, but Because the, the info at uh, covertocover.com, I haven't looked at it. I don't know if anybody sent an email. So it's like piles of emails. Probably. Hey, look, if there's piles of emails, that means we're somewhat popular, which would be kind of awesome. But I don't think we are. Not that popular. But with that said, we will be off next week. Uh, and I'm going to start the jingle so we can. What's happening, baby? Whoops. Happened, too loud. Baby? This thing doesn't do it in What's real happened, time. Baby? It just like keeps swelling. Um, so my name is Mike Venezi. That is Nick Morocco. I just hit fart. Oh, I got to start. This. I can't do both at the same time. Oh, my God. Well, then it means I'm going to have to start this whole thing again. There we go. All right. Thank you again for watching. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, sorry if we left out any of the visual elements by saying, hey, look at this. Look at this. We tried. Uh, Roger sends his regards to everyone. And uh, if there's any of you that have any great ideas for the show, yes, send it to info at covertocover.com. Uh, like us here. Uh, subscribe, please, uh, because I really want to migrate everything over here to YouTube, period. And also, if you want to listen to this, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on, on uh, Spotify Podcasts. And you can find the links for the uh, playlists 
in the descriptions on YouTube. Uh, that's all I got. Nick, you got anything else in the next 20 seconds before this is over? Nope. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks. You got it. And make sure you buy all your records from Nick at rockcitymusicco.com. Yes. There we go. We've now ended, and I'm hitting end broadcast. So, bye. Bye. Oh, I, what the hell? All right, yes, end. <laughs>